the liars in the church and globally. It's a very powerful thing. And he's also saying here very powerfully that he will guide you. So he gives guidance. You see that now. And then he only speaks of what he hears. So he connects the church to heaven. What he hears in the kingdom, he translates, he brings to the church. And then, of course, he talks about the future also. He will tell you what is yet to come, meaning he will reveal to you the coming of the Messiah. He will reveal to you the things that are coming, beloved people. So this is a powerful power in the church. He is the one that was sent to help the church. And if you look at the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, beloved people, verse 16, look at this now. Galatians chapter 5, 16, I'm reading. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Very powerful. Meaning, the fourth role of the Holy Spirit is essentially to do on a daily basis, step by step, walking with the Christian, to guide the Christian walk, to guide the Christian walk. So I say, so I say, Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the sinful desires of the flesh, of the sinful nature. That is very powerful. He actually comes to sieve out the church. In so doing, to separate out the church from the sinful desires of the world, the sinful desires of the flesh. And I said yesterday that he has a convicting role. But when he comes to the world, he convicts the world on righteousness, on judgment, on the kingdom of God, on sin. He convicts the world. He presents the facts, the truth to the world, that the judgment of the Messiah is coming, the judgment of the Lord is coming, and that there is need to be righteous and holy, to separate from moral decay, from sin, wickedness, evil that you see has drenched this world, has flooded the earth now, the hearts of men and women. And so, in so doing, when people now are convicted, they receive Christ. They repent and receive Christ. And that when they receive the Messiah, when they receive Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior, then the Holy Spirit moves into them. He now takes residence into their hearts. And in there now, He seals them. He seals them with eternity. He seals them for eternal life, for the kingdom of God. And then after that, it begins to counsel them. So we see here in Galatians chapter 5, 16, it says very beautifully here that, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the sinful, the desires of the sinful flesh, of the sinful nature. And so that is why, again, I really want to encourage all the churches that I see globally, sometimes on Christian TV, you see them in nudity and what, false prophets, false prophecy, false apostles. You see their deception. You see the way they're teaching. You know, for me it's different. I see them deeper. I, I read, I, I see so much. But you see the big deception. You say, no. You say, live by the Spirit. They need to receive the Holy Spirit that they may now stop gratifying the flesh that lies to you and says, go lie that God spoke to me about this. So a seed of this amount and get what? Buy your miracle what? Eh? God told me that if you sow one dollar seed, they, they say those things. They say that when the Lord, the Lord that, the, that the Lord told them whoever pays less money will get 
less deliverance, whoever pays more money. That, that lie, that is a lie. You will not gratify the flesh. That is the flesh in the church. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, when I move on to verse 25 here, the same Galatians, and he says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So, it's so powerful because he says, He comes to do what he did with Enoch. He comes to do what he did with Enoch in Genesis chapter 5, verses 21 to 24. Because he says from verse 24, he says here, Galatians chapter 5, Those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envy, envying one another. But you see, verse 25 is very powerful. Let us keep in step with the Spirit, meaning it comes to reside in the hearts of the believers. It comes to reside in the church. It comes to remain in the church. It comes to remain in the life of the Christian. That you may walk with them every day the way Enoch walked with God and enter heaven. Do you see how the Holy Spirit essentially prepares the church? That is how he prepares the church for entry. He comes to a replica of what happened in Genesis chapter 5 verses 21 to 24, when God walked with man until Enoch was no more. He saw eternity. So the Holy Spirit essentially comes so that he may now take those who belong to Christ who have crucified the flesh and the sinful nature with his passions and desires and affections, incinerate those desires, and then build forth a new person, birth forth a new person, the new being that you are when you receive Christ is a spiritual being. It's facilitated by the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the church. And it says in the process, then the Holy Spirit walks with a Christian, like we've seen in Galatians chapter 5 verse 16, guiding the Christian walk. In Galatians chapter 5 now 25, walking with God, making the church walk with God. As in Genesis 5, 21 to 24, when Enoch walked with God and he was no more. He was raptured, he was taken, he never saw death. This is a very powerful thing, beloved people. A very powerful moment in the church. When God is now engaging the church on the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit may now be able to prepare the bride in this grand finale, this grand final. If you look at John chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, it says the following. John chapter 14, I beg your pardon. John 14, 16, and 17, it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will, again, verse 16, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. So he comes to remain in the church, beloved people. He comes and remains available to the church. And that's why the current apostasy you see in the church is totally uncalled for. The current nudity that you see women are preaching when they are naked uh, they, they, and they don't seem to blush. They have no shame. Eh? Preaching on global TV, other religions are seeing and castigating and then the blackmailing the Lord. Eh? Men are just walking there casually talking lies, you know. This frantic prophesying they are doing in vanity and emptiness without preparing the church, without asserting the need. 
the, the, the need for holiness in the church. He's saying it is totally uncalled for the false prophecy, the lies, the, the, the unguided church. Why? Because he says he came to remain, remain in the life of the church forever. The anointing of the Holy Spirit was sent. The Holy Spirit was sent to the church to remain in the church forever. So it's unbelievable, beloved people, because he says only the world cannot accept him. So unless the church has not accepted him, otherwise the church ought to be very prudent and very wise now and walking in righteousness. Because he is available, he came to remain unless the church did not receive him. And he says, he comes to the church. And the church, of course, that is worldly, is not going to accept him. Because he says the world will not accept him. He was said to the church. Could it be true that the present church that is wallowing in sin, that does not see the need for righteousness, that's abusing the grace and preaching that you don't have to worry about righteousness and holiness, don't worry, the grace is sufficient. It will just carry you like that. God will be blind. He will turn a blind eye on sin. Huh? That church that is abusing the grace of our Lord Jesus, the church God warned in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 to 6, when he says it is therefore impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have seen the powers of the coming age, if they fall back to sin, to be brought back to repentance. That church that was being warned there, could it be that it is because they have not received the Holy Spirit? And that the answer is yes. So the Holy Spirit does tremendous things. I'm discussing the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And you see the Holy Spirit is involved in creation. Eh? Let me give a summary here. The Holy Spirit was involved in creation. The book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. He was involved in creation. If you look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, beloved people, I'm looking at the ministry of the Holy Spirit to summarize for you. Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, he says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. That is the Holy Spirit. So you see that the Holy Spirit in his ministry, the Holy Spirit was involved in creation. The Holy Spirit of Jehovah was involved in creation. So he is a very important aspect of life on this earth, beloved people. He was involved in creation. That's number one. It's been summarizing now as we check out, apart from preparing the church that we've seen. Number two, turn with Zechariah chapter 4, beloved people. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Let's see what he says here. Then he says, So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. He says, not by might, nor by power, but my spirit, says the Lord. Meaning, the Holy Spirit comes to empower the church. Apart from being involved in creation, number one, he also has a powerful ministry of, of enabling the church, of equipping the church, of empowering the church, of giving the church authority, of authorizing the church. So the church can now overcome. He authorizes the church that the church may now overcome, beloved people. We are looking at the role of the Holy Spirit in the church. And John chapter 16, just a recap. John chapter 16, verse 13. Another ministry and role of the Holy Spirit we just read, but I'm summarizing now. John 16, 
I'm reading verse 13. He says from verse 12, I have much more to say unto you, more than you can bear. But 13, he says, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into truth. Meaning, that is the teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit, and he will reveal to you things to come. The Holy Spirit will come and teach the church. His role is to teach and to clean up deception. That is the teaching and the discipling ministry of the Holy Spirit in the church. Number four, beloved people, John chapter 14, verse 26. And he says this, verse 26, as we've seen. He says, John 14, But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said. So you see that he comes with a teaching ministry. But then here now, apart from the teaching ministry, he's also a counselor. A counselor is a mentor, he's a guide, he's a confidant, beloved people. And when you turn now to Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 14, look at what he says about the ministry of the Holy Spirit here, the role of the Holy Spirit. He says very clearly here, verse 14, 13, for if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Then verse 14, he says, because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Look at that now. He comes to help the weak nature. He comes to help the church. Verse 26, beloved people, is very powerful. Verse 26 in finishing, says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groaning that words cannot express. Look at His role there. He helps the weak church. He strengthens the church. He comforts the church. He helps the church to pray. He prays for the church. And he has a role, he has a ministry of prayer, the ministry of intercession for the church, with groaning and grief against sin. He helps the weak church. So nobody can say, no, you see, I'm just weak. We are weak mortals. We are mere mortals. You have the help of the Holy Spirit at your disposal. He is the comforter. In the book of Isaiah 48, I'm looking at the role of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 48, verse 16. Isaiah 48, verse 16, as we finish, he says this, Isaiah 48, 16. He says, Come near me and listen. Come near me and listen. From the first announcement, I have not spoken in secret at the time it happened. I am there. And now the sovereign Lord has sent me with the Spirit. Look at that now. Guiding the church. He comes to give guide. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Said, he comes to guide the church, beloved people. To guide the church. To guide you. To guide you on what not to wear. What not to do. What not to say. Where not to go. He becomes a constant guide available to the church. A compass unto the church. And in John 16, verse 8, We've also seen very clearly in John 16, 8, that he comes to bring repentance. John 16, 8, as I finish, beloved people. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. 
in regard to sin because men do not believe. So you will lead by conviction now to repentance and salvation and move into them and fill them. And Isaiah chapter 59, beloved people, in finishing the book of Isaiah 59, verse 19. This is what he says, beloved people. Isaiah 59, 19, as I finish this. He says, From the west, men will fear the name of the Lord, and from the rising of the sun, they will revere his glory. For he will come like a pent-up flood that the breath of the Lord drives along. Look at that now. Tremendous. You restrain sin. He comes to the church to restrain sin. Look at that Isaiah 59.19. And in the same context, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4 to 7, restraining the dominion of darkness, the dominion of the Antichrist. How about the book of Acts, beloved people, in finishing that the last scripture I read? The book of Acts chapter 8, and it talks here very clearly about the book of Acts. The book of Acts chapter 13, I'm reading verse 2, Acts chapter 13, Acts 13, verse 2, and it says the following, look at this now. His role in guiding the church, guiding the operations of the church. Again, uh, verse 2. When they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Look at the role of the Holy Spirit in evangelizing in commissioning the church, the servants of the Lord. And then Acts chapter 8 is also next door. Acts chapter 8 is here, verse 29. You see now the role of the Holy Spirit in the operations of evangelism in the church, in guiding the church, in guiding the operations of the body of Christ, in guiding the church, beloved people. And it says here, the book of Acts chapter 8, verse 29, this is what he says, Acts 8.29. He now says, The Spirit told Philip, Go to the chariot and stay near it. Guiding, direct instruction, direct guidance of evangelism. And leading the servants of the Lord directly. Where to go, how to minister. And it's available today in greater quantity, plenty, because we're in the latter visitation. The book of Acts 16, verse 7, same thing. So the Holy Spirit, beloved people, comes to church. He was involved in creation, in summary. He comes to authorize and empower the church. He comes to the teaching ministry to teach the truth and cleanse the wickedness. He comes to guide the church and counsel her. He comes as a comforter. He comes to help the weak church, Romans 8, 26, we saw. He comes to convict the world, John 16, we saw. And the Holy Spirit comes to sensitize to sin and restrain sin. Isaiah 59, verse 19, and in Second Thessalonians 2, chapter 2, he restrains the dominion of darkness until now effectively, excellently, and perfectly. And now we've seen in the book of Acts, guiding the church, and earlier on we saw that he's preparing the bride in that way, and in more specific ways, by testifying about Christ Jesus, revealing him to the church, removing deception, and saying he's holy, and guiding the Christian walk in Galatians 5, 6 as we saw, Galatians 5.25, we saw walk with the church, walk with God. The church 
church has the opportunity to walk with God. And in John 14, 16, 17, he remains in the church. So he's available. May the Lord bless you, beloved people. But this is what I wanted to bring in in a nutshell, that even as you go back to work, you may now think about those things. When you see sin in your office, how have you reacted to it? Have you crucified the desires of the flesh, the affections of sin? That now you are helped, you are immune. Instead, you look at them with pity and you help them. Your holiness, led by the Holy Spirit, will help convict them that they too may find Christ. How have you lived your life in those offices? May the Lord bless. Thank you. Shalom. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.